0: Welcome again to Warrior of Compassion. We are going to begin study number 12 in your Warrior of Compassion training. I'm glad to see that you're still here and that you're still doing the exercises and reading or listening to the book on being loved warrior. If you're doing the exercises, you will probably notice A lot of changes in your life, which includes the fact that you are reclaiming your power to create, your power to sing, to dance, to move, your power to live in this world. Instead of watching other people do the things that you like and living through them, you are becoming a warrior of compassion, working to make the world a better place not only for yourself, but your family and your children and your children's children. Welcome to the W.O.C.G., the beginning reading titled, In the Setting Sun, is Study Number Twelve. We will begin at the introduction. I sit here at my table overlooking a beautiful ocean sunset. There's a feeling of calmness, peace, and beauty at the center of my being that fills my psyche. As the sun begins to set and a red-orange color spreads across the horizon, something inside of me senses that it is time for this world after a long, hard day to rest. I can sense a sort of energy in the setting sun that moves my spirit and the spirit in the earth to rest. Is it any wonder that in many religious traditions, the West was represented as a place of rest and a place for healing? This feeling, though, no matter how strong or pleasant, reminds me of something else. It reminds me of an energy that I have felt several times. I sense this power or energy whenever I find myself living in the moment, when I live in the present, not looking back to the past, not looking forward to the future in order to escape, but living in the here and now, experiencing life, feeling pain and sorrow as well as joy, this same energy, this energy of life pervades my every waking moment. This feeling, this energy, I think is the quickening. It is the life process itself. We live, we breathe, we walk, we experience. And that, I think, is the meaning of life. The meaning of life is to experience. It is not to have a life of leisure or a life of plenty. It is not to be a success by this world's standards. It is to live life fully in each and every moment, realizing that this one particular life, this moment will only happen one time in eternity. And that one time is now. As we live moment by long moment, we begin to enter into the true light of life. As I speak of light here, I'm speaking of the light of Sophia or the light of wisdom and understanding. I'm speaking of putting aside the illusion known as the Western worldview and entering into the reality of truth and experiencing it it in the now. I'm talking about what many mystics and religions call being fully awake. And what does being fully awake mean? Really mean, you may ask? It means that living a life of integrity aligned with reality is what we should be doing. It means always taking responsibility to reality by acknowledging what we see, hear, and feel, and responding to it. It means putting aside the opiates and painkillers So that we can respond to life as thinking, feeling, spiritual beings, and living a life of integrity, aligned with reality. As a teacher, it is important that you remain awake, keeping your eyes open fully and widely. It is important that you not only understand the reality of the higher realms, but live in a way that reflects these realities. This world is not all there is. We were somewhere before we were born, and it is likely we will be somewhere else when we allow this piece of earth that we call a body to lie back down and be absorbed back into itself. We borrow these bodies. Our births are somewhat like a secret, prearranged wedding vow. We who were of the cosmos for a brief moment Join ourselves to Mother Earth. These bodies made of Earth elements for this moment in time have the opportunity to realize themselves. Earth has the opportunity to contemplate itself and to see and feel and touch Earth to heal itself. The heavens, the energy of our spirits also have the opportunity to realize themselves. They have the opportunity to look at the face of the sky and to contemplate the stars. They have the chance to wrestle with their ideas of God and origin and remember right from wrong. They have the opportunity, through use of the body, to become co-creators with the divine and to change themselves and the world forever. This, I think, is the meaning of life. The irony is that the soul learns that the only way to change the world is by changing itself. The soul has to live in the world of love that it hopes to create. It has to be peace, love, and justice in the midst of fear, loneliness, ignorance, and sometimes stupidity. It has to resist being drawn down and turned into that which is ugly and evil in order to live the type of life that the unenlightened on this earth consider pleasant and successful. And so the body and the soul are both joined and married until the parting, when each of us return to our origin, with new insights, new talents, new ways of understanding life and love and all that it does. You, great teacher, must shine the light upon yourself. Even enter... Into the light fully until you realize that you and the light are one. You are not a separate being in your natural state. You and the light are one. In your present state as you live within the moment from moment to moment. You are the light of the world. Think on these things. I don't expect you to just accept these things because I said them. Give them much thought. Question them. Disprove them in your mind if you can. That which is true cannot be disproved and should be kept. The others should be discarded. Light is very interesting. According to Matthew Fox, physicists have discovered quite a bit about light in this century. They have discovered that most of the universe is made of some form of light, even the darkness. It is only dark because Our limited bodies and minds cannot see that far on the spectrum of light. They have also discovered that only about 2% of the light in the universe is moving slow enough to be what we call solid reality. Only 2%. Matter, therefore, is nothing but light moving at a slower speed. Over a billion particles of light makes up one particle of matter. We are therefore very fortunate to be in this state. It is a very rare state of being. That is why it is important for us to learn to enjoy what we learn here and now. We are all beings of light. Since we may never be in this state again, it is important to learn to enjoy living. It is important to learn to reconnect with the divine God is slash God, or whatever the name, and to live by the principle of peace and love in this world as well as the next. For the way we live determines who we are and what we will be in the future. In this lifetime, we sow the seeds that will bring forth the fruit that we will partake of on a later existence. We influence generation after generation, On this planet, by our deeds and interactions, it is therefore intelligent to sow the seeds of love and justice. Whatsoever we shall sow, we shall surely reap, as the great teacher once said. Always walk in the light, be willing to see, be willing to hear, be willing to feel willing to experience life at its fullness, and you will teach the lessons that will set captives free, loose the bonds of the wicked, and usher in the acceptable atmosphere for the author of love, the embodiment of love called by whatever name you choose to call her, him, or it. The name of the deity is not important. Only the way that you experience the deity and bring the deity forth in your own actions. Aside from all of the sorrow and all of the pain and all of the anger in the world, there is a great deal of wonder and beauty. Be sure not to forget that beauty. If you will notice, the only difference between ugliness and beauty is in the mind. The difference is all a matter of perception. The feelings, the energy, physiological responses are all very similar when one feels anger or happiness or sorrow. The thought processes that go along with the feelings are what moves us to behave for the betterment of the self and society or the destruction of self and society. It is important, therefore, that you as a teacher learn to live in the moment so that you can clearly... Even in the midst of the fire. Then, light, Goddess Anana, can find the pearls of wisdom, the jewelry that announces and pronounces your divinity in the midst of pain and sorrow. Be an overcomer, great warrior. Your weapons are peace, for they are truth and justice and fortitude. Let us walk together into the light, so that we together may remember. The everlasting truths that are so fundamental to our beings. for only truth that we will find residing at the center of our beings is at the center of the universe. The center of the universe is at the center of the heart of each and every human being. And the rule of love is within you sisters, brothers, friends, walk in peace and bring forth the reign of love out of the deepest part of yourself and into a hurting and dying world. FYC, within ourselves, we contain the knowledge to change the world From past occurrences, we can bring forth the gifts and talents to create a better world or the gifts and talents to manipulate others and become tyrants, a destroyer of the world. I remember my own life experiences and look always for the lessons that I can glean from them. The following is a reflection of one of those lessons. The title is Reality Isn't What It Used To Be. During the summer, we ran around in the streets after dark playing tag, dodgeball, and -and hide-and-go-seek as children. The air was warm, as it was most summer nights. The skies were usually cloudless. A bright full moon surrounded by a halo of stars would welcome our gaze as we often laid on our backs in the grass or on the hood of a car, and looked up. The beauty of those skies always reminded us of something greater. They let us know that something out there was bigger than our own little troubled worlds. That neighborhood is gone now, like so many others. Today children can't hang around at night without a guardian, watching every second. What child has time to look up at the stars or play tag with other children? Computers and video games have taken the place of person-to-person interactions. Who would ever have thought that the day would come when many children and even adults could take more comfort in computers and machines than they would in each other? Who would have ever thought that people would find more joy in watching TV? And watching the lives on TV and living through them instead of participating in life? Reality just isn't what it used to be. This is not good or bad. Reality has always been in transition. It used to take longer for it to change. The world could go through several generations with a minimal change, but now time has sped up. With technology and with communication today, we can change the face of reality several times within one human lifetime. Just think there are some people living today who were around when the first car was sold. Now look what we have, space shuttles that go to space and back. People have landed on the moon. There are computers sitting on desktops that can do as much as the first computers that were as big as rooms and now even phones can. Reality just isn't what it used to be. We have inherited a different world. our parents. Reality has always changed. It has gone in circles like a spiral with each circle composed of four modes of operation or ideologies. These modes do not work linearly. Sometimes they even overlap each other. There may even be more than four or five, but let us Examine these four so that we can better understand them. The first is constructionism. The second is relativism. The third is deconstructionism. And the last is objectivism. These four ideologies are what have been pressing our world to move towards wholeness since the beginning of time. Let's take a few moments to explore them. Constructionism. When a society or culture comes upon a new idea or discovery, it can be so great that it pulls everyone together. The group has found the truth. It has found a great way of living that satisfies the majority. It has discovered the secret to reality, so the group has to preserve that way of living. The group needs a way to hold on to the good life, so it begins to invent institutions that will keep their way of life alive. Schools, churches, governments, the economic institutions, all of the institutions are built in order to maintain the idea of reality that the group or society has. They soon become the system. Institutions do a very good job of keeping their truth alive. They substantiate their findings and give comfort to those who buy into the system. In constructionism, the construct becomes the definer of truth and reality. This is a via positiva moment. Everything is just right. Ultimately, however, something happens. The institutions take on lives of their own. The dark little covert characteristics in the institutions grow along with the good parts. Sometimes the institutions become oppressive. People cannot get rid of these negative characteristics of the institution or change the institutions when they find a better way to live. The institutions are designed not to change. The best that anyone can hope for is a slow change. Another mode of thought also begins to enter in. From the outside, it is something called relativism. This changes society. Relativism. Eventually, a great number of young people and those at the edge become disillusioned with the society in which they live. They realize that it is not just It is not honorable. It is not the truth. Because many, especially with those who have new ideas, are closed out. They begin to understand that some people out there are living totally different lifestyles that seem to be working just as well. They realize that the system is not the truth. But a group of people who are constantly trying to hold on to their subjective truth. During this time, people begin to lose interest in the system. They become lax and do not buy into the earlier belief system. The zeal and energy is gone. They do not do what is expected of them readily. And the former generation who helped to construct the system just cannot understand. What happened in this country in the 60s was a moment where relativism took control. Everyone is hurt. Everyone is disillusioned. There is a dissonance because people are left with no absolute truth. They are left with no way of knowing what is real or with no direction in which to turn. This is a via negativa moment for the society. It is a time for the emptying of the society. It is a very painful, shadowy time when the society as a whole has to struggle for new meaning. And then via creativity, the new meaning arrives. Society knows what to do. With vigor, they move to the mood, the mode of deconstructionism. In deconstructionism, they attempt to take apart all the flawed systems that were built previously. They begin to destroy the society that it took general several generations before them to build. Some go too far, hoping that they will find truth by destroying everything. Some become nihilistic and depressed because they can find no meaning in life. Others work to change the old things into the new ones. They are trying to create a new society when their work is done. When they have recreated the world as it should be, they take inventory. They have a via transformativa moment. The society has been transformed into a new, fairer, better society creation. Objectivism, the next mode, begins to take hold in the society. During objectivism, they know what the truth is after the society has been rebuilt. They find comfort in the work of their hands. They find comfort in various institutions. They like the fact that the truth and reality is reflected in their lifestyles. Truth and goodness, rightness, are in the means or cultural identity of their society. They are aiming for what is right. Whether it is a house with a white picket fence, or a six-figured salary, or a Land Rover, or the look of a 2016 model life, and the lifestyles of their society is right and meaningful. It is a Kodak moment. Constructionism begins again. Institutions are constructed to hold on to the moment so that all generations can enjoy this newfound truth. These new found ideals are good for everyone, just as Hellenism was good for all the world during the Greek golden age. They have arrived. They want everyone else to also. Something happens, however. Relativism strikes once again. Society is then led around in a circle again, Except at a higher level. It is spiraling upwards. Oh, this has happened year after year. Decade after decade. Century after century. Something new is taking place that changes the whole thing though. Technology and the electronic media have arrived. There is no longer a time of constructionism. Only or deconstructionism only, or objectivism only. is a thing of the past because we can all see and hear and understand different ways of living all over the world. People are beginning to realize that there are several different truths. Relativism is now the ruler. People are learning that life is a process and it is that everything is contextual. It all depends on the context. People living in the desert may have different truths about water than those who live in the rainforest or in Antarctica. These people's truths, like ours, have been formed by the cultural norms and have been developed from generation to generation. Truth depends on the premises about life. It depends on whether you accept the dominant beliefs about the unknowable, improvable foundations that underlie reality that underlie reality, sorry. This is what is frightening. Today we have a whole new generation who is being raised during a time where relativism, constructionism and deconstructionism are all taking place at the same time. At the same time we have an older generation trying to hold on to the reality that they had when they were raised. They are afraid that the world would dissolve into a ball of chaos. Um, Young people feel that they have been lied to. They have been given unproven facts. They have accepted these truths as absolute only to find that they were not. Science and religion are changing as a result of new truths found and as a result of dialogue. People are finding that the things that they thought of as exclusive, like salvation or the way to truth, were not that exclusive at all. And that science and religion are not so separate when religion drops pietism, and scientists drop scientism. Process physics and quantum physics are saying the same things that most mystics have been saying for centuries. So what can we do about this? What can we do when all of the governments and religious leaders, the scientists, and corporations are vying to take control or maintain control of the power to define reality for us? We can begin to define reality for ourselves. What is going on now is not really a problem. It is a blessing. It is the development of a global mindset. According to the book, reality isn't what it used to be. It is not going to go away. It will be here forever. It is a mindset that will make our way of thinking look like that of a caveman in the next hundred years. We are lucky enough to be able to see cultural, intellectual jump for humanity. If things go right, if we lay down the path for humanity in the right way, we will see a global mindset develop. Emphasis on living wealth will not be placed on culture types or culture, but ecotypes, the world culture. People will realize that they are part of a larger system and that they are part of the whole world And we'll live accordingly. And that will be amazing. People are beginning to realize that it is like that already. And always has been. Human beings who have created our own concepts of reality for comfort. And civilizations or social constructs in order to make some sense out of the world. Have fallen into the belief that our thoughts were reality. We did it blindly as long as we thought that it was a God-given structure or that it was the only true way. Now that we know that it isn't, we can talk together and create a new world together if we choose that will truly be just kinder and more gentle. But how do we lay down the foundation for the pathway of such an evolutionary place? By learning and living in the ways of love. By learning to concentrate on those things that Theodore Parker, the Unitarian minister, spoke of when he talked about the transient and permanent, he said that much of religion was transient. It was that which was cultural. Much of religion and ritual were the constructs of human hands and human society. The other part of religion, the heart of religion, however, according to Parker, was the permanent Love was the permanent, the sharing of oneself, the connection with the divine, the building of community, the strengthening of self and family. These were permanent. This is what we as a society can uphold. We can teach our children to be adept in these things. We can teach them to express their own hurts and pains. We can teach them to be truly empathetic to others and to listen with their hearts to other people's pains and needs. We can give them the most important tools for living instead of for only surviving. We can learn and show them how to communicate with each other, how to live in real community, how to have real friendship instead of friendships that are purely self-beneficial, and how to love in healthy ways. We can build a world that will strengthen the individual in community not only the individual or community by concentrating on communicative skills and psychological health. We can teach our children that the only real competition is the competition with oneself. We can teach them forgiveness and how to truly love the self and others. This can't be done as long as they only learn consumerism. Other models of understanding and knowing must be introduced into their lives and ours. The wider the range, the better. When this begins to happen, we can step into another world. Let's step into the world like the thirteenth chapter of Corinthians, where the writer writes, If I speak with tongues of mortals and angels but have not love, I am a noisy gong or clanging And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge. And if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but do not have love I am nothing. If I give away all of my possessions and if I hand over my body to be burned but have not love I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious, boastful, arrogant or rude it does not insist on its own way it is not irritable or resentful it doesn't rejoice in the wrongdoing but rejoices in truth it bears all things believes all things hopes all things endures all things love never ends as for prophecies they come to an end as for tongues they will cease as for knowledge it will come to an end For we know only in part, and we prophesy only in part. But when the complete comes, the partial will come to an end. When I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became an adult, I put an end to my childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then we shall see face to face. Now I know only in part. Then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. And now faith, hope, and love are By these three. The greatest of these is love. We have come to a time of adulthood as an organism. We have come to a time when humanity can climb to the stars and be rooted on earth and where humanity can destroy everything on this whole planet. It is time for us to put away our childish things and learn the ways of these three things. Faith, hope, and love. This time is not a time for fear. It is not a time for sorrow. It is a time for rejoicing. It is a time for putting away anger and learning things from people all over the world. It is a time to stretch our thoughts and ideas so that we can pave the way for our children. To see a new world. It is time for us to rejoice. It is time for singing, dancing. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Since I laid my burden down. I felt better, so much better. Since I laid my burden down. Let's lay down the burden of fear and take up the banner of peace, justice, and love. This is the life work of the warrior. The warrior is not only a destroyer or one who lays falsity and fear to waste. The warrior also builds and brings forth the greatness within each and every human being with whom she or he comes in contact. You are the warrior. You are a teacher. Live your life as a warrior. Walk in the presence of God as God. Let love and wisdom be your guide. And remember to always celebrate. Celebrate life and love. Carry joy with you close to your bosom. Always. Now we will have this month's exercise. Try some more standing meditation for 15 minutes or as long as it's comfortable for you. As with before, focus on some distant point or close Your eyes, relax, breathe deeply as you allow yourself to feel the earth beneath your feet and the wind and the expanse of sky. Do not try to block out the sounds, take them in. Allow part of yourself to simply observe. This can also be done sitting. Observe the tension in your body. Observe the way you are standing or sitting. Observe whatever aches and pains that you are having and whatever thoughts arise. Do this for 15 minutes a day. If you find any patterns of your thoughts, especially negative patterns, do Tang Lin in order to deal with them even while you're standing. If you do not feel the need to do standing or sitting meditation, you may also do what is known as external meditation. External meditation consists of doing things like the arts or crafts or journaling, dancing or movement. During times of external meditation as well as standing or sitting meditation, thoughts often occur. People often find themselves swept away into planning something or daydreaming about something. If you find this happening, try to pull yourself back to the task at hand. Don't cling to the thoughts or ideas, but observe them. Record their content either in your head or even on a piece of paper and then go back and look at them later. For those are the thoughts that are affecting your actions and reactions. They are also affecting your feelings and behaviors in this lifetime. If you find any thoughts that are consistently negative, do Tong Lin. You should now be able to use Tong Lin as a tool for cleansing of the self. Try to do Tong Lin in the areas of your life that are uncomfortable, in situations or in places of conflict. When you feel like you are angry enough to explode, do Tang Lin. You will be surprised the power that it will give you. These are just a few more tools of the warrior. Continue to do the Qigong and the Tang Lin if you feel led to and feel that they are necessary. They will only help you. By now you should be deciding what type of physical and spiritual practices suit you you should be able to tailor a program to yourself now and find a teacher if necessary. Using some of the tools presented in the previous lessons and the information you have gathered, begin to design your own program. These are only suggestions. I strongly suggest getting a Reiki attunement from a Reiki master teacher in your area. Please make sure that the person is a real Reiki master. Each Reiki master should have a lineage. Some are traditional Reiki masters. Some are independent Reiki masters listed with the International Association of Reiki Professionals. If they are still around, that is. That is at www.iarp.org. Reiki can change your life mainly because you can use it on yourself in a two-day workshop. You can learn how to heal others, to heal plants, to heal animals, and every living thing on earth. Become a healer as well as a warrior. Only after one becomes a healer can one know the responsibility that comes with being a warrior. Being a warrior means more than just swinging a sword or using a weapon and destroying. Being a warrior means walking in unity With deity and creation. It means developing. A relationship. With all. The beauty. That surrounds us. And that beauty and creativity. That always exists. In order to create a better world. Thank you for being here for this study. Number 12. You would like to donate to the Warrior of compassion guild you can go to our website at www.nextstepcoaching.for the number t the letter dot com that's com, where you can go to ohms radio page and you can leave a donation through paypal with us any donation of 20 dollars or more We'll get you a copy of our great book, Distant Corners in a Crowded Room, The Application of Sat Yoga in Your Daily Life. This is the last spiritual book that you will ever need because it will teach you the way of truth. Namaste, everyone.